This week on the Open Nesters podcast with Colleen and Bridget of the Hot Flashes and Cool Topics podcast. Menopause is just not a topic that is discussed frequently along your girlfriends to go to coffee and, and talk about it because there's such a connotation with aging. For some reason, if you bring up perimenopause and menopause, you're somehow old. And people don't want to deal with that. But it's a natural process. Or Joe always likes to say, if you're old enough, if you live long enough, you're going to go through it. Welcome to the Open Nesters podcast. How will you write Act 3 of your life? Will you be open? Will you welcome the possibilities are you going toward your most vibrant, authentic stage of life? Are you curious to discover what's ahead? Are you in a fork in the road and wondering which path to follow? Would you like to hear from others who are already writing Act 3? Hey everyone, I'm Tessa. And I'm Amir. Why be an empty nester when you can be an open nester, living on the edge of your curiosity, on the fringe of your imagination, reinvention, and sexuality. Together, we'll take a journey and explore how rich this stage of life can be when we approach it with an open mind and an open heart. Here's another episode that deals with the topics that are taboo in our society around ageism and women becoming older and knowing how to celebrate that, even if they have to go through rough hormonal times and transitions. So, well, And I agree. I, I was not sensitive to that issue whatsoever. That's why I thought that it's best that you will do the interview uh, by yourself and you set it up and you went for it. But it's very interesting for me to hear and understand what women are actually going through. Awesome. I hope more men will listen too. So here we go. Welcome to the Open Nesters podcast. Bridget Garrett and Colleen Rosenblum from Hot Flashes and Cool Topics, this growing, popular, amazing podcast for midlife women with obviously some menopausal feelings, but a lot of play to them. So all coming into that together. And it's one of the things I work on in life is being more playful and helping others. So I'm so excited to be talking to you about all kinds of topics. How are you doing this afternoon? This morning, actually. Oh, doing great. Doing, doing really well. Yes. Yes. We're excited to talk to you today. So thank you for having us on. Yes. So my new question that I'm forming for a lot of the women that are raising or have raised kids or towards the end of that, or they're going into the open nest stage rather than what we call empty nest is what was most important to you each as you nurtured your home and family. And how is that changing? I mean, if it's changing and if so, if you want to talk about that a little bit. I think for me, the most important thing when I was raising my children besides wishing for sleep on a daily basis, was that they felt safe and loved unconditionally and just had a, like when they would come home, it was their safety zone. That's where they could be exactly who they were without worrying about any external world opinions. And I think as I've gotten older, watching them 
kind of pick up their own little personalities and run with them. I mean, my children are 25 and 23, so they are young adults. And watching them just be such kind and loving humans has been a gift. But for me personally, allowing myself some freedom to be first on the list once in a while is something that was not comfortable for me when my kids were younger. But I'm realizing that self-care is selfish and it's okay. That's not a bad word. So I, I think as they've gotten older and I have two have left the nest, uh, my daughter and her fiance, and my youngest is still home. But I find that it's okay to put myself first. It's not, you know, they're, they're always going to be my top priorities, but they don't need me on a daily basis anymore. So it's okay to that free time to put myself first. So what about you, Thank Bridget? You. Yeah. Oh, wow. You know, you said a lot of what I, I agree with too, that, you know, when I first had children, I, I wanted them to be health, healthy and safe and feel loved and be happy. Of course, in the early years of marriage and having children, young, small children and working, things can get hectic and things can get chaotic and uh, things in life just aren't always perfect. And, uh, you know, I have a child that had some challenges in life, um, behavior wise, and, and that was hard. And sometimes I would lose uh, sight of what was really important when I was in the throes of having to deal with that. You know, if, if, oh, well, if I could step back now and just be like, you know what, it's going to be okay. Don't get so worked up about this. And at the time, it just seemed like craziness. You know, that that's one thing. But I do feel like my children, I have two children, 28 and 25, and they both are out of that house now. I do feel like uh, they are both loving, happy people. Uh, one of them still has more struggles than the other one. Uh, but they're still caring, loving people. And as far as now as being, you know, that they're out of the house, I definitely was struggling with not having my children with me. I miss them terribly. Um, we had done a YouTube uh, roundtable about the empty nest. And I mean, when we were doing that, that was over a year ago. It was right before the pandemic started. I was really, really missing them. Um, I had just come off a Christmas visit with them. And then the pandemic set in and they both came in. And that cured me. <laughs> it really did. Yeah. So they, I, they came, they came home. So they came home. Cre creating a feeling of letting them also come back to this open nest rather than they're, they're feeling like finding the dance between what we are, you know, not being so rigid about the fact that when kids leave, it has to be a certain demarcation that now we're all selfish or now we're all doing something for ourselves. You're out of here. Finding the dance of what I would call also the boundaries of being able to communicate clearly and self-express with your kids so they know who you are and what's important to you as they become adults so that there's that chance of allowing them to know that sometimes you can be there for them and sometimes you're going to make choices that then they're going to schedule time with you because they're adults. Mm -hmm. And it's, it is a new reality that I, I think is really beautiful that they also know that we become the role models of living, looking at our lives to make the richest life we can create rather than being martyrs forever about them being always first for every single moment. So I think that you've both kind of expressed that there's some of that change. We're always in that dance. It's never perfect. 
And yet we could feel the emptiness at moments. And I'm going to dread when my last, who's who's doing his master's in finance, finished it just now at home, is going to leave this. Uh, this was my best year with him. Mm-hmm. So having him home as an open nester was fabulous. And I'm going to feel empty again when he leaves. And I, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like Yes, bring in all the emotions, as Rumi said, like the guest house. No, we just have to deal with them. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to start the conversation that way because I think it has a lot to do with our hot flashes as we get older <laughs> and any kind of you know topics that we want to investigate in our lives to discover ourselves and reinvent ourselves at this stage. So I wanted to ask both of you where you are about your own reinventions, and then we'll go into a lot about what you've covered in the podcast, maybe about menopause. But for yourselves, anything personal you'd like to share of where you are at this moment and what you're looking forward to um, so that uh, how the podcast came together, any of those things that you'd like to answer? I often say that I have what they call the 12 year itch. So I tend to change careers every 12 to 13 years. So I started off as an attorney and then I switched after about 12 or 13 years to become a Pilates instructor. And then about almost two years ago, we switched, which Bridget has her own journey of switching careers to become a podcaster with no experience in this at all. We started off completely novices, but we knew this came from a conversation we had with a fellow podcaster who had already started one. We knew that there was this blank chapter for women in our demographic, that we were not being spoken to in the media, in society, that there were really lagging cultural norms of what you thought menopausal and postmenopausal women should look like and should act and behave. So Bridget and I knew that we had voices. We may not be an expert in a lot of things, but we are an expert in midlife because we're living it. That's right. And so we thought, you know what? We have voices that need to be heard. So we started the podcast. It took us about eight hours to learn how to do our promo. And we just For me, having that research background, I dove in a thousand percent to learning the craft and and learning what to do. And Bridget loves like kind of the video portion. She's more the, she'll tape and video and stuff. So we really complement each other on what we do, but it has been a joy because we have, I've always had a love of learning, but this has just amplified that love of learning because every day we learn something new if someone had told me a year ago, I would be talking to amazing women like Fran Drescher and Patricia Heaton and Joan London and Carla. I mean, we have had primetime women that I think if I saw them on the street, I would be like, oh, can I have a picture? And instead, we're having full length conversations with them about things that we have in common because midlife we have in common with these women. So I don't know, Bridget, maybe you want to jump off of that, but that would be my take. Yeah, on. Thank you. I, thank I mean, you. yeah, it, it, it is really amazing. Um, you know, we started this. I, it's funny right now in my life, I'm very happy. I don't know if I've ever been this happy in my life. I really, I am the happiest. I'm not as thin as I used to be. I don't look like what I used to look like, but I'm very happy. And it just kind of came along. Uh, I was going on you know, ending a winding down a really fleeting second career. I was an elementary school teacher. And then when we moved here to where we live in the Nashville area, my husband took a new job and I knew I was coming in with children out of school. Uh, I didn't know how to meet people, but I thought, well, I'm just going to do whatever. We happened to move to a neighborhood that's very social. And that's how I met Colleen. And 
uh, we were in the same boat, you know, children, old children in our late forties at the time. And I would, I had dabbled in acting cause it's something I always wanted to do. And they were filming stuff here in Nashville. And so I went to classes and I had an agent. I did a little bit of stuff, not much, but then I realized, boy, set life really sucks. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> being on a set is really not fun. It's not what you thought it would be. It's long, long, long hours. And I didn't really love it. Then our lunch came. We were having lunch with our friend that was a podcaster and someone who was embarking on a whole new career as well. And it just kind of took off for there. I mean, we just jumped in, like just feet first in the deep end. Okay, let's just do it. We just went out and bought microphones and more microphones (laughs) and more microphones. You know, it's really been amazing. Just like Colleen said, I cannot believe the capacity for learning that I have at this age, because so many people say, oh, it's easier to learn this stuff when you're younger. You know, it's harder to learn a new thing when you're older. But wow, I have learned so much in the past two years about so, so many topics. If you're enjoying this episode, you might be interested to tune into episode five, Dating Myself, episode number 12, Language of the Soul, and episode 13, Does Your Age Matter? Well, I would point to one of, one of our interviews was with Ashton Applewhite. She talks about this chair rocks. And I, I definitely have shifted my idea on, didn't even know much about ageism, but I used to call it me ageless. And because I love the fact that, yes, even though my body is changing and I've been very comfortable and happy at this stage of my life and I embrace the changes, I didn't realize that there's a bias in all of us about this youthfulness that as if we can't learn, as if we can't do when we actually in every area of our bodies, even if it's changing, and we'll talk good into talking about that, we can express so fully and so much more deeply who we are. And it is becoming the, I mean, it's the best stage of my life. And for women to hear that they don't have to have the same bodies and they can have such brilliant brains if we don't have some of the things that Alzheimer's is so much less common that we think in dementia. We just think, oh, we're going to get older and we're going to stop learning. We have new ways of learning. We have new ways of being. We have new ways of creating if we awaken ourselves. And so that's what I love to throw your way about what you've seen in some of your interviews around menopause, around the best things that women have been able to do and go through, and maybe some of the rougher spots or any of the stories that you'd like to point out so that women that are listening can also hear from your listening and witnessing, if you will. I think the first thing that comes to my head when you ask that question is the commonality for a lot of women, that menopause is just not a topic that is discussed frequently along your girlfriends to go to coffee and and talk about it because there's such a connotation with aging. For some reason, if you bring up perimenopause and menopause, you're somehow old and people don't want to deal with that. But it's a natural process. Or Joe always likes to say, if you're old enough, if you live long enough, you're going to go through it. And it's something that we need to change the taboo about. Many women and men don't even know what perimenopause is. Which, is the, which are the years leading up. Menopause is actually an anniversary for 12 months of no periods. It's one day. All of those symptoms in your life leading up to it is called perimenopause. Most women don't know that. 
they just call it menopause. And when they do say that, it's somehow as if they're being, they're losing their femininity. They're losing their womanhood, which couldn't be further from the truth. You're losing your periods, yes, but who wants them at this age? They're just an inconvenience. I mean, I'm 54 and I still have them. And I'm so jealous of Bridget. I can't even oh, get- Oh, girl, <laughs> don't be too jealous. Let me tell you, they just changed my my uh, hormones and I had a period all last week. Oh my God, after how many years? Oh, Ooh. like four or five years. Yeah, yeah. So well, you, you guys no- are still young that I'm 60 yep. and I don't yeah, we. It's not just the age. Some people do it in their forties, and some people have much. Right. Better. I was forty-seven. Yeah, I was forty-seven. Stopped naturally, and then they. I was on hormone replacement, and they switched up my hormone replacement, and um, I had a period last week. I mean, had to buy tampons and everything. So, ah. <laughs> with commonality, though, women immediately think hot flashes, you know, insomnia, weight gain. But there is a component, which we have learned a great deal about for your mental health, anxiety, depression, mood swings, your husband doesn't recognize or spouse doesn't recognize you anymore. That's not talked about. Women think they're losing their minds. I can tell you, I thought I had early onset Alzheimer's because I couldn't remember the name of an actor on the screen. And instead of giving myself a little grace and saying, okay, it'll come to me. Give me a second. I was like, oh my God, there's something wrong with me. I can't remember the name of that, you know, the microphone. I couldn't think of the, the, the thing, the thing that you talk into, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. No, still silly stuff. And, and, and you know, I, I have to practice when I go to another room, like, okay, remember this. Okay. And, but <laughs> I think I was always like that, to be honest with you. But just as a sign for some people who don't have, who have some memory loss, we need to figure out ways to practice changing that and not getting upset about it. Right. And giving yourself <laughs> a little bit of grace. Like we had talked to Carl, we love one of our favorite people on the planet is Carla Hall, who is is, um, you know, a TV personality. She's a chef. And when she talks about her menopause, we always say, okay, how big is the fan on your nightstand? Because we <laughs> all have one. And she travels a lot right now. So her house is being redone. She goes, the first thing I do when I go into a new city is buy a fan for the hotel <laughs> side. I mean, there's a commonality in womanhood that should be celebrated and mm-hmm. recognized. Menopause is a $600 billion industry. Where are the commercials about it? Where are the celebrities? They need, they're just starting now to speak about it, which is great. But we, it's been happening for time, I mean, forever. So mm-hmm. why are we just now starting to accept it? And I think it's, it's really a, um, a combination of many things, but that cultural norms that are so lagging for the aging process. For some reason, men age and they become distinguished. <laughs> Women age and we become old. Yeah. And invisible on some level. Yeah, that's another huh? Another thing too, the uh, being invisible. And I have actually noticed that, uh, you know, some, I kind of laugh it off. It kind of makes me a little mad sometimes, you know, I get, I get a little mad about it. And then that's a whole nother thing. When I get a little mad, no wonder we were all being called Karens last year because it, it pushes you to that point of losing it. Like they, I know Saturday night live had a, a skit on about a middle-aged woman, like Idris Elba was there and he changes into a middle-aged woman because um, something doesn't go his way. I've had so many situations where if my husband spoke to the person where, whether it was a repair or anything on the home, 
where he was treated differently than I was. If I was the one making the call, then I hit this level that is like, okay, I've lost it. I've lost my mind. Here I go. I'm losing it. And, and you get driven to that point. I feel like because people are ignoring you and I'm hoping I can control that point. And then we we're, scare we're people. at somebody yeah. I spoke to in the UK yesterday um, in, in an interview who said to me, you know what, I've become more invisible, but I actually like it. When I travel, I don't get as much attention. I've looked at the positive sides of that. Like I don't, I don't need to, I can blend in much better. So it maybe gives us a little more anonymity. anonymity. I thought that was an interesting uh, take on it. It is. It. I like it to call it a superpower because <laughs> you can kind of fly under the radar and do whatever you want because nobody's paying attention. So mm. if you try, if you're afraid to try something new, try it. It's, it's not a failure if it doesn't work. It's just a life experience and no one's really paying attention. So <laughs> exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, the red hat ladies, it's like how many of them did the idea that we don't have to care as we get older and we can just exhibit whatever color we want and be whatever we want. And whether somebody cares or not, we don't have to care anyway what they mean. Right. So that's a big part of, of what I am coming into in my life. And so I wonder how you both feel about that, that, that change for yourselves and any of the women that you've spoken to or any stories that, that illustrate that idea of embracing this stage of life. Oh gosh. You know, so many women do embrace, you know, whether they've gone through health scares, anything like that and how they just don't care anymore. I'm trying to think Colleen, I know we've had a million. Yeah. I would say a lot of the um, companies the CEOs of companies that we are talking to are 50 plus women who saw a need for something. were starting kind of slowing down their professional careers and decided, I'm just going to open up a company myself. If you can't find an answer to why my hair is thinning or it's changing texture for my lack of hormones or why my skin is changing, then I'm going to figure it out myself. Mm-hmm. And I'll start my own company and they are starting completely new careers, especially the media company. What yeah. is it? Help me. My there are a couple of, there's a couple yeah. of companies, one in um, California that mm-hmm. are advertising companies that are specifically advertising to the 50 plus woman because we are powerful consumers. You know, we always say the commercials are for millennials, but who's paying the bills? Usually exactly. it's the parents. So why aren't you advertising to us? It's it's a huge market that goes relatively unnoticed. And I think it's a big mistake with advertisers. So one of the things we try to do on the show now that we've gained some popularity is really showcase women entrepreneurs who are pivoting careers later in life and saying, I'll figure this out. Get out of my way. If you can't help me, then just steer clear and I'll do it myself because I already have the life experience. We are blessed with the life experiences we bring to the table at this age. It is not a given that, a you know, and, and I do understand that a lot of 20 plus men and women feel that they're not hurt either. They have their own issues with that. But right now we're fighting our own battle and we have 20 plus years of experience to figure it out. That's a, that's a gift. That's a strength. But yet, a it's lot a wisdom of that in, that's been revered in the East and, and diminished in the West. And now, unfortunately, some of the East is catching up because of our global world. So, you know, the idea that now we can, we have to take a step into our wisdom that is different and own it. 
And so, so how are you both owning your own wisdom or interactions with different age people? Because some of the things I've noticed is that a lot of people gravitate socially only towards a certain age. I mean, how are you shifting away from some of the stigmas that we, that we've created in, in, in this, in this midlife and being older, you know, a way, whether it's playing with new things, obviously the podcast for you, any other ways that you guys personally are, are trying to embrace this and own this stage of life. The Radio Vagabond. If you like to travel but haven't really been able to too much in recent times, let me do it for you. Meet Paula Bow, a full-time traveler and digital nomad from Denmark on an epic journey around the world. So far, I've been to almost 100 countries, so I'm halfway in my quest to visit every country in the world. Join me, and maybe you'll get some inspiration for your next trip. The Radio Vagabond. Gotta keep moving. Um, I would say travel. Definitely mm-hmm. travel, right, Bridget? Oh, yeah. I mean, my, yeah, travel. Like, I didn't travel a lot as a child. I'm from a really large family. We just couldn't afford to do all that traveling. So we just go whenever we can. And when the world started opening up again, we were booking trips. I, I'm going to be exhausted by the end of this year. I had the whole year booked out. I still love to do, um, I love to play tennis. Colleen knows this. If I'm not available for a meeting, it's because I have a tennis uh, clinic or a match or something going on. And and now I get to play a lot more than I used to because I have more time. Uh, so th- those are things. And I think I'm so much more open-minded than I used to be. Um, and that's part of getting out of a small town meeting so many more people and I'm just so much more open-minded than I was. Has that also Bridget had impact on your relationship with your husband at all? I mean, you know, we've both become more open-minded. I think, and I think for him as well, he moved around a lot as a child, but maybe we're definitely a lot less conservative than we used to be. And, and I think there's, I think that's come with age and more accepting of all kinds of lifestyles and I'm really happy. I'm happy about that, uh, that I've met. So since I've been more open-minded, I've met so many wonderful people that maybe I wouldn't have if I were more closed-minded. So I, I've just noticed Beautiful. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's mm-hmm. such, that's such a, 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 an extra benefit of us having the time and open-hearted open-mindedness, like we like to say, and as I call us open nesters. Yeah. Yeah. How about <laughs> you, Colleen? I think being able to have that extra time and choosing what you do with it is such a gift at this age. When you're younger and you have small children, you don't even have time to wonder, am I happy? What's going on in the world? You're just trying to get through the day. So as we get older, I have found that I just appreciate the present moment so much more than I was ever able to do before. And I think for Bridget, I would say with Bridget as well, I've gained a confidence that I didn't even know I had because- People are listening and saying, wow, you are making me feel less alone. You are changing my mind on this. Like we actually are gaining just a strength from the confidence of doing this podcast and of getting out there and meeting people. And our hope with the next year is to actually start taking our listeners along with us on some, you know, retreats and trips that are for women 50 plus to show you are not alone. There are like-minded people in this world. And if we can change the narrative just a little bit, number one, that's so powerful. And number two, my kids are watching. I want them to take for granted that this stage of life is not 
old per se. It's wise. It's, you can be, you know, they see us, they see my husband and I exercising like Bridget and her husband do. They, but we don't, when you're in your thirties, you exercise to drop those 10 pounds. When you're in your fifties, you exercise because it makes you feel better. It makes you feel healthier. It mentally strengthens you. So your perspective on things change, but your kids still see you active and alive and, you know, being human, because I, I always thought it was interesting. Like the moment you realize that your parents are human, it's like around Mm -hmm. 18, 19, Mm -hmm. when they're like, wait, my parents are just human. They make mistakes. They're not always right. Which is just, you know, something we still say, no, we're always right. It's just for them to see us living a healthy and happy life is a gift to them because they're going to take that for granted. Wonderful. And I love, you know, this, this vitality that you speak of, because I do uh, continually say, instead of, I feel youthful, I feel vital. I, I say, I feel vital rather than young and that they can look to me as this vitality for life is continual in new ways and continually evolving and changing. So that's kind of what you're demonstrating here, this idea that, and as women, I, I mean, so our, our sensuality for me, I've had, I do some work with women on, and opening their senses again at this stage of life. So it doesn't even have to be, so menopause is sometimes painful for women for the sex part. And yet we have so many ideas to be more, like you said, more present and practice things because we can give ourselves the time to. So if we also, as we know, our actually energy goes where our attention and intention goes. That's what mindfulness is all about. So the fact that we create new practices for ourselves with this time allows us to open up our senses and open up our perceptions and open up our minds and our hearts. So it's a great example for our children. And it's the way we want to live because it makes us more vital in our bodies rather than staying the worrying parents that we saw from previous generations. So I, so I, I love all these different things. Are there any other things that you, any other st- guests that stand out or things that you really want to talk about from your podcast before I ask you a final question about what you're dreaming of in the future? I mean, sure. one of the reasons why we titled the podcast Hot Flashes and Cool Topics was because yes, we wanted to talk about midlife and menopause, but we also want to talk about really cool stuff that happens in midlife as well. So we have interviewed women who have written books for the first time in their 50s and 60s. Some great doctors, Dr. Sherry Ross is a great example of a female gynecologist who is changing the narrative on women in midlife. And she's like, if you can't say the word vagina, how are you going to take care of it? How are you going to, you know, because one of the things we hear time and time again with some of our experts is that you're at an age now where you know what makes you happy and you have the confidence to say it. So whether it's in the bedroom or it's in the office, you know, in the corporate room, you have the confidence to now say, no, this doesn't, I don't want to do that. Or yes, that's what makes me happy. So some of our um, interviews like that stand out, I think in my head, the women who are just living an authentic life is just such a, such an incredible, just our conversations with them. This week, we talked about astrology and how your astrological chart can affect your human your, your makeup, what she calls the owner's manual to your life and how that can change mental health. Women who have been so depressed at aging and are changing their mindset to realize what a gift it is and what an influence it can be towards others to show you, like you said, being vital at this stage. 
those kind of interviews stick out. What about you, Bridget? Well, I, those definitely do. That All of those. And just, you know, like you said, people struggling with different illnesses or different things that are happening. And then they come and they share it and they try to do something about it. And okay, Colleen, help me with the name if you can. But the women that went before parliament in- Oh, um, Know Your Menopause. Yeah, Know Your Men- the Menopause Movement um, in Great Britain. They actually went to parliament. It, w- it was to get the poster movement. So it's a poster uh, movement. Just know your menopause. They simply want uh, their GPs, their general practitioners to have a poster in their- uh, doctor's office just saying are they having the symptoms There's the 34 showing what symptoms. it is yeah. are these happening and you know I never even thought about that when I went to my gynecologist that there was nothing in there about menopause there's everything about having a baby there's everything about that hanging up on the wall but there was nothing about menopause and after I spoke with them and they really you know went before parliament so I'm really really impressed with what happened there that when I went to my gynecologist appointment nothing was on the wall about menopause now I I was very happy I found a great gynecologist that listened to me It, it they really amazed me that they were like okay we're not embarrassed by this anymore and just like you said Colleen we're just going to speak our mind. This needs to be recognized. It needs to be recognized in the workplace. Uh, women are quitting jobs um, because of what they're having to go through when they go through menopause. Uh, they're even pushing to have, you know, you get to take a mental health day. Why can't you take a day for a menopause? Because I really, I think it's something men don't, I don't think men are trying to be mean about it. Most men, they don't realize what's going on. If they realized what was happening, then maybe they would recognize it. Hopefully most of them <laughs> would recognize. And I just it. want to add one thing, if I can, we have interviewed some companies like woman S it's a new company out that is targeting menopause it, at target. You can walk into either go on target.com or walk into target and they sell vibrators. They sell vaginal moisturizers because a lot of women will say my libido went down and it's painful to have intercourse and there's nothing I can do. My gynecologist just tells me it's a part of, no, it's not. There are things you can do. You have to be your best advocate and companies are saying that. So now you can walk into certain select targets, not everyone, but select targets and buy a vibrator that looks like a lipstick. Because if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And that's what every doctor has consistently told us. They definitely have. And and it reminded me of Melanie Chardoff. (laughs) Melanie Chardoff as an actress, and she did the voice of Dee Dee Pickles on the Rugrats. Um, And her story about, she wrote a book called Odd Woman Out. And her story, her doctor told her, use it or lose it wrote her a prescription and she gets it and it says, go to the hustler store and buy a vibrator. And she, yeah. So you'll have her book. She dressed on the day it opened and Larry Flint, Larry was Flint was there. Yeah. She, she tried to go on, in disguise. She ended up on inquirer's worst dress list because she was trying to go in disguise in a trench coat and a big hat and they caught her. On, but the on point TV. is there are things yes. you do not have to suffer in silence. No. Yes. And it's if we can get one woman to hear that one woman to hear that mm-hmm. and know that, Oh, okay. I can, I can order it right online and it's right there. And there's vaginal dryness products that help and there are options, but if you go to the wrong doctor, 
one who's, because a lot of doctors are not educated on the most recent menopausal symptoms and perimenopausal support, then you're going to feel like there's something wrong with you and there's not. So, so that's where the internet or things like this and your kind of podcast and the experts we're speaking that I'm speaking to as well, we can enhance. And I was going past that into the idea of we don't have to just do, first of all, penis and vagina only right, sex. Absolutely. And, and the truth is, and there's, there's one woman who wrote like hundred things you could do with a limp dick. So that's <laughs> just to put that out. There. I mean, you know what we, and, and as women, we can figure out what it is we want and how we want to maybe come out of our comfort zones more to show that this is the only way we're going to push limits. Like the millennials are in our ways. We need to do that as well and find new language that we can talk about vagina. We can say menopause out loud. We can connect with other people, even if it's a little scary. So what you're doing is you are normalizing it. And I really just want to commend you for that. Thank you. Are there any other things that you'd like to say before we close or anything that's ahead for you for hot flashes and cold topics that you'd like to Just that we have new episodes every Wednesday. We're on all platforms. So you can find us anywhere. And we love when women share ideas with us. So if you ever have an idea, anybody who's listening about what you want to hear, please email us at hotflashescooltopics at gmail.com. And if we don't know the answer, which oftentimes we don't, we will find someone who does. Yes. And my parting thing is what I've learned is please be your best advocate. If some, if you feel like a doctor's not listening to you, um, if you feel like you are not getting the answers you want, or you just know that that just can't be the case, that whatever they're telling you cannot be the case. Keep looking, keep being your best advocate. Um, There are so many great resources out there that I have learned about just since in the past two years, since starting this podcast. So um, know your menopause is one. Uh, Miss Medicine, MS Medicine, that's another one. Dr. Sherry Ross has a great website and a TV show uh, on Ellen Tube called Lady Parts. So those are just some great resources. Beautiful. That's all so helpful. I love it. We're going to have I, I, a lot of women that I hope have questions for you and get and get to hear your wonderful podcast. So have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you so much for being with me today on The Open Nesters. And we will look forward to staying in touch, I hope. Thank, Thank you. Bye now. So as we do the post-production in the studio, I'm having my own hot flash, oh, yeah. which is which <laughs> is like you open the door, we close the door. I'm sweating. Where's the fan? What's going on here? <laughs> well, uh, early early in the game, a few years ago, when Tessa went into that wonderful stage of life, I have uh, determined that I'm not interested any longer to control. The heating, the air conditioning, the window opening, or anything that has to do with the weather inside the house. Exactly. She has total, total control. And the car. I, I will freeze to death <laughs> in the bed, and I no, will not move, I will not move uh, the uh, gauge on the air conditioning. Smart man. One of the reasons we're still together for 31 years. So I wanted to say that you also, actually to discuss this further, uh, you know that I use coconut oil, and I need my coconut oil when we have, you know, sex, and we want to try different things. So I think it's important for us to 
also talk about that we've figured out our way to do that and I, and 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 people figure out like we said stop making it a stigma let's start using what we need to do that and women express that they need to go into their needs and ask for what they I, need i agree and i thought that i'm going to be totally irrelevant to this particular podcast or this particular episode however you uh, convinced me to the otherwise and listening to bridget and colleen really opened up my eyes of how men can be more sensitive to the stage that women going through. And what's really funny for me is that menopause has the word men in it. It is crazy. (laughs) I I mean, just who the heck invented that word that has the word men in it? It's not me. Maybe it's trying to tell men to pause and hang out and let women kind of take take, have more of this transition time that they can embrace even if it's rough. That that could be. That could be whatever it is. But What uh, what I want to also say is that we also have the choice to lighten our lives and one of the and a lot of the work that i do around mindfulness is also about the mind body connection so it helps it helps us to have a little bit more calming of our neural pathways even when we're in transitions so i'm continually practicing and and, and want to yeah. help other women and, and men find ways to connect their neural pathways and understand that this is you know allowing our emotions associated with any transitions and men go through it too yeah. I don't like the word midlife crisis it's not a crisis and I continue to l- learn that midlife is an opportunity and sometimes it has rough patches so the idea is how do we lighten that how do we bring light to it and lighten it with our like as you know some of my, my work and if you guys go to the Tessa page on our website is around this idea of play and vitality and sensuality and so that we don't focus on the tougher rougher aspects but we have to let them be discussed exactly so go to the opennesters.com the opennester double n in the middle s at the end visit for sure the tessa tab on the uh, website and uh, leave us a comment let us know what you think about the episode let us know if you know of anyone that may be of an interest uh, to in- be interviewed on our podcast that has something important and something valuable and relevant for people to to, to hear uh, we would welcome any of those comments so and also there's a survey online that you can fill let us know what other topics you like to hear and if you'd like to join us in a great discussion on a private pay Facebook page, please go to The Open Nesters on Facebook and find us on all the social media. And uh, The Open Nester podcast is now available on several radio stations, several internet radio stations. Look us on our website to find out where they are available and when you can listen to them. Till next time, this is Amir. And I'm Tessa. And we will see you on the radio. Ciao.